Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. your question. Who needs a breakthrough today? Yeah. We need a breakthrough, don't we? Yeah. Come on, let me ask that again. Who needs, who needs a breakthrough today? Yeah. So when you come, you, you probably notice I've been doing this. I, I, when, when you come to church, the Pentecostal experience is one of involvement. It's unique to any other church that's out there. You can say amen. You can raise your hand and nobody's going to come tackle you. All right? You can shout. You can give God glory. You can help me out by saying amen. Those are things that we do in a Pentecostal church. Amen? amen. But if you're not careful, you're going to let distractions, you're going to let distractions keep you from the Spirit of God. What are distractions? People getting up and going out. I notice when somebody gets up and going out, we all have to do that sometimes. But I notice that every eye focuses on that person and I just lost you. Listen to the word of God this morning. Let God come into your heart this morning. Amen. Let God do something in you. Because if you follow what God is going to say to you, then I promise you, I promise you he's going to bless you this morning. Amen. Amen. We're going to deal with something this morning. We're going to start this whole month. We're going to talk about holiness. Say that with me. Holiness. Say it again. Holiness. You know, preachers don't preach holiness anymore. You know why? Because it's a difficult subject. We don't talk about holiness anymore because we don't like to say the things that need to be said. But the thing is, you're never going to get blessed in your life until you hear the things that you don't want to hear and start doing the things that you need to do. Amen. Amen. You can come to me all day long with your problems, but I tell you, 99% of our problems will go away if we would just start living right for God. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm about to do, right? You know what I'm about to do? I'm going to say it again. 90% of our problems would go away if we would just start living right for God. Amen? Now, listen, nobody in this room is going to be perfect, okay? We're all going to mess up, okay? Sometimes if you hit your thumb with a hammer, you may not say praise God at that moment, okay? You might not go, well, glory to God. I just hit my thumb with a hammer. That Praise God. I feel the glory of the Spirit around me right now. I can guarantee you, you're probably not going to feel that. You're probably going to say something that you just said. Does that mean that you're not holy? No, it just means you messed up. Amen? It means you messed up. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you got to help me this morning because my voice is starting to go. But what we're going to talk about this morning is for the longest time, people have come to church and felt like they can live one lifestyle, and they come to church, and somehow that makes everything okay. Somehow, walking through those doors makes you and God square. 
that somehow sitting in this seat and giving offering or doing this or that, somehow God loses his judgment against you. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you unequivocally that God's judgment starts at the house of God, okay? And if we do not shape up, if we do not rid ourselves of sin, if we do not distance ourselves from the world, we will never enter into his glory, amen? God is a holy God. Let me say that with me. God is a holy God. God is a holy God. Amen. That means if he's holy, then we have to be holy. Did you know that? You can't go out and live like the devil and then come into church and expect God to bless you. I'll say that again, because I'm trying to teach you guys to be Pentecostal. Okay. All right. Thank you. We're going to do it. You cannot go out and live like the devil and expect to come into church and God be okay with it. Now, God, now get me wrong. God wants you here, okay? God wants you here. He wants you here, but you got to change that lifestyle, amen? You got to stop sinning. You got to start doing the right thing and say, well, pastor, I have a hard time with it. Now, I'm not going to lie. There are some sins that it's hard to get past, okay? If you're a smoker, it's not the nicotine that gets you. It's, the, it's, the, it's this right here. That's what gets you. Those things are hard. I get that. I'm not here to, to criticize you about those things, but I'm telling you, we have to put it in effort. We have to put in something, and then God will take care of the rest. Amen? I know a God that can break every addiction. I know a God that can break anything that has us hold on us, but until the church loses the world and steps into his glory, we will never be the church. Amen? We will never be the church. See, you're going to find that I'm going to start preaching holiness messages. Because when the Spirit was poured out 120 years ago on North America, you know what they were preaching? They were preaching holiness. They were saying, turn away from the things of this world. Turn away from the things that are not of God. They were preaching holiness. And when they did that, God saw that. And the Holy Ghost came down upon them. And they spoke in other tongues. They reached out to God. And God, there was healings. There was manifestations of a spirit. Is it just me or do you want that too? Amen. Do you want to see God move in your life? Do you want to see God do something? Listen, it's scary thinking about that about the Spirit of God moving. I can remember in churches, man, things got so crazy sometimes. People doing backflips, running on top of pews. But man, we need, a go- we need a dose of the Holy Ghost in this church so much. We need a dose. I've seen us act when we see our favorite teams in football or basketball playing. I, saw, I see us at gold medal. We got our faces painted, yelling or cake or, or, or angoon. I don't want to say the wrong names because I can get in trouble from people. Why didn't you say cake or angoon or, or huna? You know, we cheer about those teams. When we come into the house of God, we sit like this, like we think we're going to offend somebody. Right. Man, at the basketball game, we're like, ah! ah! We lose our voice, right? <laughs> but in church, we're like this. What's he saying? <laughs> Listen, if you're falling asleep in a Pentecostal church, we're not Pentecostal, okay? We need to be full of the Holy Ghost this morning, amen? We need to be full of the Holy Ghost this morning. If, if you have a need in your life, if, I know it sounds like I'm going through, 
the change of my life. Just bear with me, okay? Ah! That's why we cut our song short. I just, I, my voice gave out. I'm probably going to have to stop singing uh, from here on out. My daughter's going to have to take care of it for me. But if you have something that you need today, it's not going to come to you. You've got to go after it. Amen. All right? And just because you come down to the altar, does that mean that you're going after it? You've got to pursue it. Life does not work like that where it just comes to you. The only thing that's going to come to you is trouble. Amen? Some of us know all about that, don't we? Life coming at us in trouble. I want to tell you today that God wants you to pursue him, amen? God wants you to come after him, amen? God wants you to go after him with a jealousy like no other. God wants you to come after him and be with him and recognize him and worship him because I'm going to tell you today that he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for this church. He has a plan for all of us, amen? I love being in African-American churches. And by the way, the Holy Ghost... Revival started in an African-American church. But if you go to an African-American church and they say the pastor says something that you like, you stand up and you shout. I love that, man. I'm telling you, we need, to, we need to lose the glue that's in our backside to the seed and get out of our seat and worship God. Amen? We need to stand up and worship God today, okay? Well, pastor, somebody will see me. Don't care. I'm up here. Everybody's looking at me, right? Don't care if anybody sees you. Praise God. Nobody should care if anybody sees them. We are here to worship God. Amen. We are here to worship God. We are here to give him glory. Listen to this verse with me. This is out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, now, whenever the Bible says, therefore, you know what that means? That means pay attention. That's what it's Therefore, <laughs> I've been waiting so long to do that one. <laughs> oh, man. All right, sorry. <laughs> I got to skip that word. I'll start laughing. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. That means be in your right mind. Man, that's the problem with the world today. We're so drunk on all the things of the world that we are not listening to the Word of God in our lives. Amen? And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Yeah. Verse 14. As obedient children. Anybody's children perfectly obedient? remember when I was, when my kids were young, I would say, come here, come here, come here. And you know what that meant in their mind was go away, go away, go away. If I told them to go away, they came here. Clearly not my side of the family. <laughs> as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. You know what that means? In other words, stop doing that stuff that you used to do. Does that make sense to everybody? Stop doing it. Just don't do it. I remember talking to one young man. He goes, but pastor, I, I like it. 
I said, okay, then you haven't given yourself fully to God yet. Because everything God has is so much better. Amen? So much better. Next verse, verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Because it is written. See that's written with me, this next part. Say it with me. Be holy, for I am holy. Say it again. Be holy, for I am holy. Say it again. Be holy, for I am holy. So when you get to heaven and God says, how come you were holy? I never heard that. Yes, you did. Just now. All right? The word of God is going out. Whether you receive. Man, we got a great crowd here today. Praise God. Man, I'm so glad to see all of you. Praise God. Now, I want to share this with you. As you put up that first slide for me, Mary, I'm going to walk you through that if we can. I want you to understand something. We, look at your friend, look at your neighbor, look at the person beside you. Say, we. Do like this. We. When my wife's trying to make a point with me of what we're not going to do, she goes, we are not doing this. (laughs) I want to go get groceries. We are not going to get groceries. Usually when she says that, that means we are not doing it. It may mean I'm doing it, but we are not doing this. But we're saying we, look at your favorite again, neighbor, say we. All right, if you don't have a neighbor, maybe you need to find some, okay? Listen, we are not the world. Everybody know what the world is? World is not of God, okay? Can you be in church and be in the world? Yes, you can. That's why we're talking about this this morning. We are not the world. I want you to understand what holiness is. See, I'm turning one of those old-time holiness preachers. You're going to hear this from me. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. We need to be holy. This is what holiness is. Holiness is wholehearted devotion to God. I'm going to say that again. Holiness wholehearted devotion to God. In other words, I can't tell God that I love him and then go and flirt with the world and do all those other things. Amen? I can't say, God, I'm with you, and then go out and do the things that I know that I shouldn't do. I can't say, God, I love you, and then go drinking in the bars or doing all those things that we know that are not right. We can't say, God, we love you, and then go out and lie and go do things and have sex outside of marriage. We can't say, God, I love you, I'm devoted to you, and then go do the things of the world. We have to be holy. Can't say I'm holy and then do a little sniff of weed. We can't say we're holy and then flip somebody off while we're driving. Listen, I get it. I know you want to. There's some people who in Juno don't know how to drive. Amen. Amen? But if you think that's bad, try driving in Atlanta. I will lose my salvation in Atlanta. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) Praise God. I was driving 85 miles an hour down the road, and I was getting honked at to get out of the way. And I went out of the way, and the lady that passed me was 95. And she flipped me off. I said, God bless you, sister. (laughs) 
Listen, you can't do the things in the world. You can't watch the shows that have those things in it that we know we shouldn't watch. You can't, men, women too, actually, this is going a problem among women. You can't look at pornography and expect God to be okay with that, amen? I'm going to call things out today. Listen, you may disagree with me. You say, well, pastor, this is okay. Well, this is okay. Let me ask you a question. Can you do it with Jesus sitting right beside you? If you can't do it with Jesus sitting right beside you, you might need to question what you're doing. Come on now. Men, if you can't do something, amen, praise God. Men, if you can't, if you can't be on your computer with your wife right beside you, then maybe you need to turn your computer off. Amen? Men, if you, if you don't want your wife looking at your text messages, then maybe you need to turn your phone off. Amen? My wife has complete access to my phone. She can look at it any time she wants as I have access to her phone. That's the kind of marriage we have. There are no secrets because I want, she's accountable to me and I'm accountable to her. Brothers and sisters, if we realize that there's a holiness involved that we need to attain to, blessed we will be, amen? Blessed we will be. We are not of the world. See, as Christians... Everybody out here identifies as Christians, right? Now listen, we're not talking identify like the world identifies. Like I identify as this or that. I went into the bank recently and I said, I identify as a billionaire. They looked at my bank account and said, we don't believe that. And I said, no, no, I identify it. It must be true. They kicked me out. It didn't really happen, but I just wanted to say that's funny. Listen, we all identify as Christians, right? And so as a Christian... There's an expectation that we live a certain way, right? There's an expectation that we are a certain way, but for too long, Christians have been kind of going back and forth that it's hard to tell if someone is a Christian or not. I had someone tell me they were a Christian once, and I looked at them and I said, really? Really? Are you? They took a big old swag of that beer, burped in my face, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're not giving all Christian vibes right now. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We have to, we, we get, we're expected to be something. And then it says this, we're, we're expected because there's an expectation that we are called out. First Peter 2, chapter 9 through 10. I want you to know this. But you, look at your neighbors, say you. Look at your other neighbors, say not you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. <laughs> just making sure you're awake. Making sure you're awake. If you're offended by that, love me anyway. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Not special education, you're special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God a thousand times. But then he says this about you, and who once were not a people. In other words, everyone in this room, you are not a people of God. But now, you are the people of God. Amen. Now see, that should make people stand up and shout right there, amen. I wasn't a people of God, but praise God, now I am. Praise God, now I am. Hallelujah. 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 I'm winded now. 
That's what I get for running. Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen. Some of you are still thinking about the stuff that I called out as sin. And you're more worried about what I called as sin than maybe giving yourself fully to God. Quit, quit focusing on the wrong things. The Lord just spoke to me about that. Quit focusing on what I called as sin. Maybe you disagree with me. Honestly, I don't care if you disagree with me. I'm not here to make you agreeable with me. I'm here to preach the word of God. Amen? And what I want you to realize from this is that we need to step into holiness. Amen? We are not of the world. As a matter of fact, the word church, the original Greek word is ecclesia, which means called out ones. We're supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be different. How can we be different if we're in the bars? Amen? How can we be different if we're over somebody's house smoking weed? How can we be different if we're over somebody's house drinking alcohol, getting drunk, making bad decisions? How can we be different if we're just like everybody else? We need to be different, amen? We need to come out from the world. See, you were bought with a price. You were purchased. Why do you want to take yourself back to slavery? You're free. Pastor, I appreciate the whole freedom and slavery thing, but I would much rather be a slave to sin. Said nobody ever. But we do it though, right? Man, we keep going back to that sin like a dog returns to his vomit. Peter said that. You ever seen a dog throw up and then go back and lick it? And then want to lick you in the face? Throws up. Oh, dad, I love you. Come here, let me give you a kiss. Go kiss your mom. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Jenny comes up to me, Chubbs, just kiss me. Oh, I know. <laughs> we, don't, we need to come out of the world. We need to be free. Amen. Quit. When, you, when you step into somewhere and you're going to make bad decisions, you know what else comes with that? Guilt and shame and all those things. You just need to avoid all that. Amen. Quit. I'm going to give you some advice. Quit doing it. Quit doing it. Live a holy lifestyle. See, Paul wrote to, bring up that slide. This doubt, you're already on it, Mary. Thank you. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He wrote two letters to them because they were an early church and they struggled. They struggled with living a holy life. Paul writes extensively to them and it says, okay, guys, they even had a guy in their church that was sleeping with his stepmom. That's pretty gross, isn't it? But what we don't realize is that there's people who come into our church every Sunday with sin in their lives just as bad. And they're living like it, like it's no big deal. Oh, it is a big deal. See, the Corinthians struggled with their holiness. They struggled with their sin. Let me give you some background on who they are. They had, the Corinth had a, a reputation for prosperity, commercial prosperity. But she also was a byword for evil living. 
The very word Corinthiosai, to live like a Corinthian, had become part of the Greek language, and it meant to live with drunken and immoral debauchery. In other words, when someone saw a Corinthian, their first thought was, oh, there goes a drunk. Oh, there goes a loser. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody ever been judged based on who they are? Has anybody ever been judged based on their people? Come on. See, I'm Irish. I'm part Irish. You know what people say about me? My, my Irish people, they say, there goes a bunch of drunks. You know why? Because the Irish are known for that, amen? But we are different. See, I, my lineage may be Irish, but praise God, I've crossed over, and now I'm a child of God, amen? I'm a child of God. My other heritage is Italian, which means I like pasta, as you can tell. The late Greek writer, Ireland, tells us, that if ever a Corinthian was shown upon the stage in a Greek play, he was always shown as drunk. The very name Corinth was synonymous with debauchery, and it was the one source of evil that was known all over the world at that time. Sailors would come in. They would go to Corinth just so they could do things that were wrong. As a matter of fact, one of the temples in Corinth was the temple of Aphrodite, the Greek goddess of love. In this temple, there were over a thousand prostitutes that as you went to go worship at this temple, you would engage in sexual act with the prostitute. That was the form of worship. This is where a church was in the middle of all this debauchery, in the middle of all this sin. There was a church that needed to be carved out. And because of what they were in, the church had a struggle staying holy. And Paul wrote to them, he says, you can't do that. You've got to remain holy. You've got to remain pure before God. You've got to put those things away. Amen. Right now in America, right now in Juneau, we live in the most perverse time that we've ever lived in. Homosexuality is considered okay. Being a Christian is being come against more and more every day. They're actually passing laws against being a Christian right now. Brothers and sisters, the end time has come. We must separate ourselves. We must separate ourselves. We cannot be a part of the debauchery of this city. Because when we become a part of it, we're no longer the solution. We're part of the problem. You want to see your brothers and sisters and sons and daughters saved? Then let's act like it. Amen. Let's show them the difference. Amen. Let's show them, hey, I have flaws, but my flaws don't keep me from God because I'm working on it every day. And what I can't do, God does for me. Amen. Praise God. I am a blood fault child of God. We cannot conform. We can't. Somewhere, because brothers and sisters, America has lost its moral compass. I'm not going to get into politics, but man, we are so far off the map, it's not even funny. The fact that we're, we're, we're arguing about abortion. How can we argue about killing babies? We're arguing whether or not that's wrong or not. I'm going to give you a little preview. It's wrong. Okay, anytime you kill something, it's wrong. Now, ladies, let me say this to you. 
want you to hear pastor's heart, okay? Statistically, some of you may have had an abortion. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus loves you. He has not cast you away. He brings healing and peace and love to you right now. Amen? So don't think that I talk about abortion. I'm putting you down. Listen, I don't, I don't care why you did it. And I'm not on my script right now. I don't care why you did it, but the past is the past. That's under the blood. Amen? God is ready to put a new day on you. you. Listen, that baby's in heaven with Jesus right now, okay? Let's just not do it anymore, amen? Let's move forward, amen? But when we have a country that, that fantasizes about abortion, the number one shows on TV right now are about teenagers having sex and with multiple partners. Those are the shows that people are watching. There was a show called Game of Thrones that showed violence, decapitations, killing, nudity, all these things, rape, incest, and Christians were watching it. See, what goes in through here comes out through here. We don't need to see nudity on TV. We don't need to hear language on TV. We don't need any of those things in our home, amen? We need a life that's holy to God, amen? Hallelujah. Give God glory this morning, amen? One of the ways that we fail to live a holy life is based on who we surround ourselves with. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. I'm going to explain more what that means in just a moment. See, my dad told me one time, in his advice that he would always, you you guys understand dad advice, right? Dad advice would come out of nowhere, and they'd sit you down, and they'd say, don't eat yellow snow. Okay, dad, thanks for that great advice. Some of you don't understand what that means. I'll explain it to you later, okay? But then he would say this. He goes, people will judge you based on who's around you. They'll judge you based on who you're in contact with, who are your friends. One of the greatest problems that we as Christians have is we surround ourselves with people. We're trying to live a holy life. We surround ourselves with people who don't have any intention of living holy. This is why the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. What's that first two words there? Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean do? Is that like Yoda, do or do not? No, it says do not. Is there any question? And what that means? Is that kind of a direct command? Do not. I want to make sure we're clear on that. Because some may go... Pastor, that doesn't apply to me. There's there's a little bit of ambiguity in there. No, the Bible says, do not. Okay? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Verse 15, and what accord with Christ and Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? By the way, brothers and sisters, you are the temple of God. You cannot be the temple of God if you bring idols into your life. Preaching hard today, huh? Hard word. 
Hard word. But if you got that little idol set up, it's not going to last with God. God will not be a part of that. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. You were saved for a reason. Amen. You were saved for a reason. If you were saved for a reason, that means that God wants you out of that lifestyle. But we go back up and we pick up that idol and say, no, my, no, you need to let that idol go. Sometimes we're like the Hebrew children when they came out of Egypt when life got hard. They said, you remember when we had those onions and leeks? How awesome that was? By the way, that's weird, onions and leeks being considered awesome. Right? (laughs) I remember one time I thought I was biting into an apple and I bit into an onion. Anybody ever done that or was that just me? Oh, just me. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for supporting me. Somebody could have said, that's me, Pastor. No. They didn't remember the times that their children, their children was thrown into the river to the alligators. They don't remember the time they were beat and their men were beat and they had to carry those heavy loads. They don't remember the bad times. They only remember the good times. And sometimes that's what we do. God has rescued us from the sin and he's gloriously saved us. But oh, I want to go back and do those things that I used to do. Knowing that we used to wake up in the morning with a headache over a toilet bowl, not knowing what in the world we did. Or some of us woke up in jail. Come on. Oh, pastor, I got it under control. No, you don't. That's the lie of the enemy. You do not have it under control. God can control you if you allow him. Now, let me, let me rephrase that. If we give ourselves to God, amen, then God, the Holy Spirit can guide us. He doesn't control us. He can guide us, amen. He can show us what to do. I want to make sure I rephrase that because that didn't come out the way that I wanted to. See, Paul's using a farming metaphor here when he talks about unequally yoked. Unequally yoked team was a pair of oxen when they would plow the land. They had, if they were unequally yoked, that meant one of the oxen was stronger and one was weaker, or one was taller and one was shorter. The weaker or shorter ox would walk more slowly than the taller, stronger one, causing the load to go around in circles. When oxen are unequally yoked, they cannot perform the tasks before them. Instead of working together, they are at odds with one another. Brothers and sisters, you ever felt like you were just going around in circles? Maybe there's a reason for that. Because you've aligned yourself with people in your life that don't share the same values, the same ideas, the same spirit as you do. Because the people that you've surrounded with don't share the same values, the same spirit, the same ideas that you do. Because the people that you've surrounded yourself, it is much easier to bring you down than to lift someone up. Only Jesus can lift someone up. Amen? We surround ourselves with people who want to do wrong, and then our flesh kicks in, and man, we want to do that too you got to surround yourself with people of God. That's why we have church. I did something different this morning. I'm not streaming on Facebook or, or um, YouTube or any of that this morning. You know why? Because people need to be in the house of God. They need to be in the house of God. Now, if, if there ever is an event like we have an outbreak or, or 
power outage or something like that? Of course, well, we can't do it if there's a power outage. That wouldn't work. But if there was something that required us to be on streaming, we'll do that. We're set up to do that. But I'm not going to do it on a regular basis anymore because you need the fellowship of God. Isn't it great to have Mason back? I mean, he's been gone for six months. And, you know, he's, he, we're just really happy to have him back. But I'm not just glad to have him back. There's several of you here that I haven't seen in a while. And I'm glad to have you back too. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have you back. It's good to have when I look at your when I look at your smiling faces, see some of you, some of you are actually showing me your smiling faces, amen. I love that. You look handsome and beautiful this morning. Well, not everybody looks handsome and beautiful. Sorry, Will. But the point <laughs> the point that I'm trying to say this morning is there's something good about fellowship. When you walk in and you see, hey, I know that person, and you see that person worshiping, and you know what they're going through, and I know what they're going through, and they're raising their hands, it makes me want to raise my hands. And when I raise my hands, it makes them want to raise their hands. When I start dancing, they start dancing. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to quit fellowshipping with darkness. You know why I don't want you to go out that door? Because it's dark. You know what happens when it's dark? When you walk downstairs? What? You will fall down. Fail, fall, fearful, whatever. You will fall down, crack your head open, blood will be everywhere, guts will come out. Maybe not like that. When I was... Uh, much younger, I was pastoring in Germany, and I was early in the morning, and I, and I used to love playing Xbox, and uh, I would sneak downstairs when my wife was sleeping, because that was the only way I could do it without getting in trouble, and uh, it was dark, and the stairs in Germany are, are very narrow, so I'm walking downstairs, and I thought I was on the last step, and then kind of find out I wasn't, and I just went feet first. And, I, and, and one of my toes, most of my toes were like this, but there was one toe that was like that. Right? This is six in the morning. I cried like a little girl. Now, I was trying not to get in trouble by making noise, and guess what? I got more in trouble because I woke everybody up. I woke the baby. She didn't care about my toes. She was more worried about the baby, right? So we ended up having to go to the doctor in the emergency room, and I was crying. I was like, oh, my toe, my toe, my toe. The doctor's like, will you be quiet? Come on. It's just a... And then he said, then he put her back in place, and I thought I was going to punch him, and then he realized he's bigger than me, so I didn't. See, when we try to go somewhere in the dark and we have fellowship with darkness, I can guarantee you you're going to get hurt. Come on now. Let's do some amens here. I can guarantee you're going to get hurt. And then you come to me and say, Pastor, I got hurt. What were you doing? And you lie to me. See, the funny thing is what you don't realize is I follow all you guys on Facebook, so I know what you're doing. <laughs> come on. Everybody started to delete Pastor when I get home. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> Man, we had so much fun last night. I was partying. Mm, okay. I want to write so bad, and where was God during this? But I don't. I pray for, I said, I'm praying for you. Guilt, 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 guilt. 
Oh, man, pastor, listen, you should not worry about me finding out. You should worry about how God feels about the whole thing. Amen? Let's worry about what God thinks. Amen? Listen, we need fellowship with one another. Amen? We don't need to fellowship with darkness. Too many churches are going to this thing now where they darken the stage and they put lights on and, and the whole area is in dark because they say it creates an atmosphere. I think that's kind of creepy. Jesus is light. We are here in the light. I want to see you and I want you to see me. You can see my little pom-pom dance I was talking about a couple weeks ago, right? We need to see each other. I love seeing your beautiful faces. Amen. I love, I love seeing you when you think I don't notice you're in your phone. You look like this. You're like, <laughs> you think I don't see it. I see it. You think I don't see it when you're talking to your neighbor. I see it. I see everything up here. And I just keep going. I just, you know, because I want you to hear what God has to say to you. Amen. I want you to wake up and realize that we need fellowship with one another. Amen. <laughs> Quit walking in darkness. Praise God. Amen. Isn't it fun to have fun in the house of God? Amen. Amen. I know your pastor's half crazy this morning, but I already, you know, I was already crazy a few years ago. Listen to this. Do not conform. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Now, we can get all hyped up about everything I'm saying, but this is the toughest part. Because some of you are living in situations where you're constantly under pressure to do the wrong thing. But he says this. Therefore, again, what is it there for? All right, that means do it. Therefore, what's that word? Two words. Come out. Say it with me. Come out. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Let me talk about that for a second. In the law, the original law, if you ever read Leviticus or Numbers, not everybody does that because, to be honest, it's boring. I mean, it's just a lot of laws and regulations. If you ever can't sleep at night, read Leviticus, okay? But part of the things that he says in Leviticus is that we are, the believers, or not the believers, but the Hebrews at that time, were not allowed to go touch a dead body. Or they were not allowed to touch an animal that had been killed by something else. They were not allowed, and if they did that, they were not allowed to go into the temple to worship God because they were considered unclean. They had to go through a purification process of about seven days. They actually had to go live outside the camp for seven days. And this is what the Lord is trying to tell us today. He says, You got to get away from those dead things in your life. All right, here we go. <laughs> This is, you know, this is when I'm trying to get some hammer something home, right? All right, those things in your life that are not good for you, they're dead. You know why I call them dead? Because there's no life in it. It's not producing life. All it's doing is producing death. It is bringing harm to you, amen? It, it, the only way I can say, remember COVID, if you look like somebody, you got COVID, it's the same thing. It brings death. It's no good for you. We need to get away from death and start embracing life, amen? When we do that, when we get away from death, amen. Jesus said, or God says, and I will receive you. 
Some of you are like wondering, man, why, why can't I get close to God? You know, whenever I'm struggling with my relationship with God, I begin to look internally. Like, okay, God, what am I doing wrong? You know what else I do, men? Can I tell you something, men? I look at how I'm treating my wife. Because, see, God judges me and hears my prayers based on how I treat her. If I honor her and love her and treat her like a queen, God's going to honor my prayer. Amen? Come on. See, I joke about her because I love her. I'm also a little scared of her. My children, when I love on them, when I honor them, when I love, when I love my mom and my dad, when I care about my family, God receives my prayers. Amen? I begin to look at myself. Am I treating people the right way? Have I, have I been rude to someone? Have I done something wrong? See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very trans. I feel like I offended Will yesterday. And Will, I want to tell you, I'm going to do this in front of everybody. You may not remember what I do, but I do. But I want to tell you, I love you. And if I offended you, I apologize to you. And I do that because I don't want there to be anything between me and Will. And I'm doing it in front of everybody because I care about Will. I love Will, and I would never, ever mean to offend him. And sometimes we offend without even realizing it. And you go back later and say, wait a minute, I think I did something. So I'm taking the initiative. I don't want there to be anything between us, brother. Now, whether you remember it or not, it doesn't matter. It's important to me that I acknowledge to you that I love you. Amen? That's what we do, amen? That's how we treat each other, amen? That's what we do. We love one another. I look at my life and I say, Lord, is there anything wrong with me? Have I done something? See, I will be a father to you, verse 18. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Praise God. Man, I tell you what. I am 51 years old. When my dad looks at me and he calls me son, boy, I tell you what, that just touches me. Now, some of us don't have dads that are like that. And if you don't, let me know. We'll, we'll find an adult to be with you and love on you. But my son will call me and text me. He's not with us right now. He's down in Georgia, and he's active in a church down there. And when he texts me and he says, I love you, Dad, oh, man. And when he texts his mom that he loves her, it touches me because I, I realize that we've raised our son the right way. There's something special about that relationship, is there? And for the Lord to say, for the Lord to say that he will be, that we will be his sons and daughters. See, my son, I love all of you, but my son takes priority over anybody Anybody in my family, they take priority. If my son calls me, I'm taking his call. If my daughter calls me, I'm taking her call. If my wife calls me, I'm taking her call. Imagine the Lord. I being evil, imagine God with us. When we are his sons and daughter, and we call out to him and say, Lord, I need you. The Lord says, hold up, my kid's calling me. I'm gonna, you guys need to be quiet. I'm going to go down and take care of this. That's what God does when we are his sons and daughters. He puts everything away. He puts things to the side. He says, my son and my daughter have called me. I need to go take care of this. 
See, we have promises from the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this. Therefore, again, there's that therefore again. Having these promises, beloved, let us, say that word with me, cleanse. But a couple weeks ago, we did a foot washing here in the church. Do you know why we did a foot washing? It's just a symbolic of you being cleansed. But cleansing is an everyday process. We must cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, what's that word there? Holiness and the fear of God. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed this over us. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. In other words, we become cleansed when we read the word of God. Last scripture. I hope this is speaking to you today. I hope you're being touched by this. Don't, don't argue with me on, well, I, don't, I think I can do this or I can do that. That, that. That's not the point here. The point is, is you getting right with God and you realizing what sin is sin in your own life. Amen? Quit fellowshipping with darkness. Be a Christian. Let there be no doubt in anybody's mind whose you are. See this ring right here? See that? I wear this. I wear this so that anybody I come into contact with knows that I belong to somebody. There's no question. That's my way of saying, hey, I'll talk to you, but it's not going to go any further because I belong to somebody else. Amen? Amen. I belong to somebody else. And my question to you this morning is, does anybody know that about you and God? Has the devil been coming to your door and say, hey, I see you're single. Hey, I, I see, that, I see that, that you're not attached to anybody. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. The last verse. Husbands. Now, if you remember, there was a verse before this that talks about wives submitting. I don't need to read that because this verse is more important. It says, husbands, love your wives. Randy, you need to love Helen, and I know you do. I know you do. Ezra, I know you love Cheyenne. I know you do. But we need to continue loving. Amen? Amen? That means in the bad times and the good times, when things aren't as fun as they normally are, we need to love them. Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is the part I want to get to because he's talking about the church now that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot 
or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He's talking about the church here. It transitions from how a husband should be talking or treating his wife to how we as a church should be. In other words, we should be without spot, without blemish. Does that mean anybody in here is perfect? No. But when we live our holy life, then we are bought by his blood. Amen. We are washed in his blood. But when we continue to do that sin, the Spirit of God removes himself from us. It is time to have a holiness movement in the house of God. We need to quit preaching messages that make people feel good about things and cause us to have a heart of repentance and come to the Lord. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.